It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. In This League presents the NFL Draft Prospect Podcast. You like that? You like that? In This War Room. Chug it. Chug it. Football. Here's your host, Scott Bogman. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of the War Room on In This League. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Joined by CK, as always, C-O-P-I-E-P-S, on the Twitter machine. And here we are. We're a couple days away from the Super Bowl. The Senior Bowl is in the books. The Shrine Game is in the books. The Combine is coming up. We got all kinds of stuff for you. And uh, CK, how was your weekend, man? How did you enjoy the Senior Bowl? Much better than the Shrine Game, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Much better than the Shrine Game. At least there was some touchdowns scored, so it couldn't be (laughs) much worse, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, Jake Moody winning the player of the game for the Shrine (laughs) Game is all you needed to know about that actual game. There were, uh, you know, there were obviously more going on in the practices and all that stuff. But um, for this episode, we're going to talk to my friendo, Xavier Trish. Follow him on the Twitter at Xavier underscore Trish, T-R-I. C-H-E. He was at the Senior Bowl for the last couple days. Also had a lot of connects down there. Uh, as he said, following him information and, and video and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Xavier, first of all, how are you? How have you been? Uh, let everyone know where they can find all your stuff and what you're working on now. And uh, how's the baby, man? How's dad life treating you? Yeah, well, you know, uh, if you guys want to follow me on anything, uh, it's Xavier underscore Trish on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, the like. Um, so if you want to follow me, there you go. Um, and as far as dad life, getting used to it. I'm loving it. Uh, she's great. Uh, she's now my chunky 11 pound, two month or <laughs> two month old. So like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going steady and, and I'm loving it. Awesome. That is so yeah. good, man. Well, we didn't, we kind of freeform this. CK and I didn't really write down any questions. I mean, we saw a lot of the risers uh, throughout the process. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, obviously Tajay Spears, who uh, CK was already a big fan of, yep. uh, moved up some boards. We saw um, Jake Hayner win the player of the game. Dewan yep. Jones was so good 
early that he didn't even practice at the end or play at the game. Steve Avila, it was, uh, you know, moving up boards, the offensive lineman from TCU. We had uh, Michael Wilson had a huge senior bowl and was very impressive in a group of pretty good wideouts. So I'll just uh, throw it out to you. Your biggest impressions, who moved their stock up the most in the senior bowl and throughout the week, Xavier? It's one guy who I think genuinely turned himself into a draftable player this week, and that's Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. That kid had maybe the best week I've seen out of anybody there. And out of a linebacker class that wasn't too strong at the Senior Bowl, uh, separated himself quickly and continued to build on it. Even in the game, had two TFLs. Um, It was just excellent all week long. If you were a running back, you're not named Kenny McIntosh. You couldn't stop him from getting to the quarterback in practice. Uh, you know, he made Tajay, uh, Tajay Spears look like, you know, uh, a, a picket fence. Like, it was so easy for him seemingly all week. Um, and for a guy who's not the biggest and doesn't have the same physical profile as some of the other guys he's going to have to contend with in the draft, like Drew Sanders or even a Noah Sewell, for him to be able to show the speed and range and thump that he did all week was exactly what you need to see from him. Because I expect him to run well at the combine, but to see what he was able to do and put that on tape for everybody to see um, was just a really, really good week from him. Excellent. CK, what do you got? So if we're talking linebackers, what do you think of Dayon Henley? Because everything we saw was Dayon Henley, and even in the game, the coverage looked so good because he was the linebacker that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, no, I, I think that as a he made himself, in my opinion, when I say Ivan Pace definitely made himself draftable coming into that week, I think he was probably a guy I didn't see being maybe maybe a day three guy at most. But his size, Hindley, yeah. Yeah, I think Deion Henley may have made himself a day two guy. Um, he is somebody who showed you in that week that he can not only play in the box, but in a league that is being forced to pass the ball to tight end seemingly every single year. Hell, we've got Michael Mayer coming in this year's draft, Brock Bowers and company coming down this pipeline. You're going to need more linebackers who can cover tight ends. He showed all week long that he can not only stick with them, but, you know, a guy who had an impact in the senior bowl game that he did a pretty good job against all week was with Mallory. And he was still able to stick with him in practice and did a really good job against a guy who I think made himself some money um, during the senior bowl game in particular. Yeah. I mean, what did he have? Five catches, Mallory? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. had a bunch of catches. They were uh, short routes, but I mean, guys weren't getting open. And it's funny, you know, um, the Shrine game we saw in the quarterbacks were just brutal. I yes. mean, they were bad. Uh, you know, th- there there may be some guy like, you know, DTR maybe did enough during practice to keep himself in the conversation, things like that. We did see Jake Hayner uh, put up a decent week in practice in the game. He, he won the MVP, and he was pretty good there. I saw him moving up some boards, but I was watching uh, PFF's coverage uh, with, with um, uh, on Just for Football. Uh, or it's just football. And uh, they were going through the top player at each position and they, they kept switching off and no one, they didn't double up. But when it got to quarterbacks, uh, you know, one said Hainer and the other one said none, you know, I mean, so uh, is that kind of the outlook we're getting from outside of the very top of this QB class, the four that we expect to go in the first plus Hen and hooker. There's not a lot behind that group, right? Not really at all. I mean, and to be perfectly honest with you, and this is not me trying to like, you know, really poop on the kid at all, but Max Duggan might have lost himself money in this week. Um, I think he was a day two guy for a lot of people. A lot of people liked his tape, saw that there was some type of potential there uh, that you maybe pick up in the third round and you allow him to come to camp and see what he can do. 
Um, but as far as what he did during the week, he was bad. Bad. Like, just just the small things, throwing behind the receiver. And I understand that, you know, rhythm is something that's developed over time, but throwing behind the receiver, lack of pocket presence, not moving in the pocket as much as you thought he would because he was able to do it at TCU. And just making, you know, just doing some of those gunslinger s mentality throws that in this type of situation, in the senior bowl, nobody really wants to see. We just want to see you move the ball up and down the field. That's all we really want. If you can do yeah. that, you know, if you can do that exceptionally well, it typically bodes well for you. Hell, Bailey Zappi did it a year ago. And look, he was drafted. You know, all you really need to do in these bowl games is show that you can move the ball. Making the big throws really isn't all that necessary. Yeah, I thought – I had Max Duggan as some. I don't like the word like loser or whatever, but I thought Max Duggan looked pretty rough out there. Yeah. But let's let's hear what you thought about my guy Tyson. Uh, it's Bajent. We heard. I know Bogman hates that it's Bajent, but let's hear what you think about my guy Tyson Bajent. I like Bajent better. It just I thought he was. Better. I thought he took. You'd say you don't want to hurt yourself, right? He was taking the easy throws, but I, I think the skills there, man. I see it. Not only was he taking the easy throws, but he missed on a lot of deep throws that weren't bad balls. I think. Yeah. I think people will look back at that tape and realize that's a catchable ball. That's a catchable ball. Maybe with more talented receivers around him, guys would be able to make those plays. I just think that he always put the ball in the right in the right place. That's where mm-hmm. I got most from him. He never put it in harm's way. He continually moved the football down the field. And when he needed to take the deep shot, even if he missed that throw, it wasn't a huge overthrow or a huge underthrow. It was kind of just right around, you know, the receiver's fingertips or it could have just been a little bit more outside, but nothing crazy. I think he had a really good week as well. What about uh, the running backs? Because, I mean, we got the biggest riser was obviously Tajay Spears. I mean, he had uh, just showing off the moves. I mean, Absolutely. he's going to be he's going to be crazy with that cut stick in Madden. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the biggest faller was probably Chase Brown. I mean, we knew Chase Brown can yeah. he can tote the rock, but he had fumble issues. He can't protect the QB and he didn't catch well. He was definitely a faller. What about in between, Xavier? Was there anyone else in the running backs here that you saw that uh, stood out positively or negatively? I think Kenny Mack, by be, by showing he can win and pass pro, did a lot for his stock. I think when you look at a guy like him, the first comp that comes to him because he played at Georgia is James Cook, but James Cook's pass pro is not nearly where Kenny Max is, I think, right now. Um, and I think that was the biggest knock on James Cook going into last year's draft. That's so why I think he really helped his draft stock because you know the home run hitter is there. You know he's an amazing receiver out of the backfield. Um, you just really wanted to see if he had that physicality level to be able to do pass protection. Um, another guy who I don't think moved maybe up or down was Chris Rodriguez. I think he is what he is. He's a, you know, just like his predecessor. He's a Benny Snell kind of guy. He's yeah. going to give you a third and one twice a game, and that's what he's going to do, right? He's not going to blow your doors away with his speed and contact balance, but he's going to put his head down. He's going to run over your linebacker and going to get a yard and a half on 31. That's that's what he does. Useless. I mean, I understand. I just – I find that – like, if you need a third and one, stick a backup guard in there and hand the ball to him. <laughs> I mean, Christ, you know, uh, if that's all you're there for, I don't know. Uh, it, you know, he he's going to have to show off a lot at the combine I think, Absolutely. To, to move it mm-hmm. all. I thought the running back that – that was tough to watch. I mean, Cameron Peoples, those two drops in the first half, you had to feel yeah. so bad for him after yeah. the week where we saw him have those. He had ton, lots yeah. of pass protection issues I saw too online. Yeah. So, yeah, that was tough to watch. Yeah. Let's talk receivers. What do you think of Michael Wilson? Because everything we saw was the was the get off, man, the route he, running. He, the, the, and along with him, there's another guy I would love to talk about in just a second. But 
I think the receivers, I don't think there was a single receiver for me that dropped his stock. And he's in there. I, I think there was a lot of guys who could have, you know, maybe didn't move up or down. But Michael Wilson gave himself a chance there that I think that if there is a genuine run at receiver, which I expect there to be one in the late first, early second, he's a guy that's in that third round, maybe even fourth round guy that's like, you got to get him now because he won't be there any longer. Um, a guy that did, I mean, we talk about risers, take Dell. That kid, for me now, might be a second-round draft pick, and that's not even a reach. He had one of – he had maybe the best week of any skill position guy. Yeah, I think he did. I think he I think he cemented himself as a second-round wide receiver after that after the team. And I think he's going to run well in the draft as well. His numbers Even with the up. size, he's you think he's still a second-round guy? Well, you look at a guy last year like Wondell Robinson got a lot of, you know, got, got a lot of, uh, you know, was excited. You know, Kadarius Tony the year before. I just think when you look at a guy like Tank Dell, there's so many receivers that you can comp him towards that currently work in the NFL at that size. You know, at, at the ceiling, you look at a guy like Terry McLaurin, he's new, who's no bigger than me, right, doing those kind of things. And you look at even at the lower level, like a Paris Campbell, you can make those guys work um, at, more, at more than one level. I'm not a tank what? sale guy. I would said it before. Dude. Not that I like what he offers, but mm-hmm. the the one on ones are just so built for what he has to offer. That's it just fair. seems That's so fair. So we'll see. He's a role guy. He yep. he has to have a certain type of role, uh, for sure. How about I the tight? I just see him Go going ahead. to the Chiefs. I just see him being a Miko Hardman replacement, and then Ooh. everybody's talking about him next year. Now Hardman is a UFA. So yeah, I just see uh, him. The Chiefs being like, we need another speedster who can. They move. got Tony though. So let's they compare. Got- they trade for Tony. Uh, so if the, we're going to compare like speedster or small receivers that were at the senior bowl, like let's do tank Dell to Jaden Reed. Cause I thought Jaden Reed looked really good. So my thing with Jaden Reed, and this is the only thing that concerns me one, I want to see how he runs because mm-hmm. when you watch Jaden Reed's tape, he has long area quickness. He doesn't necessarily have a lot of he has long area speed, but he doesn't have a lot of burst. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you saw in game, once you kind of slowed the game down and forced him to kind of win off the line of scrimmage, it was less and less. It happened a lot less. When you put him in a one-on-one and you let him run go routes or you let him run long posts, you see over time he's able to create that distance. So I want to see what he's able to do in that short area quickness. So his three cone and his uh, 40 time, I'm trying to see what those 10-yard increments are for him. Who is your number one wideout right now, Xavier? In the drive as a whole? Mm-hmm. Jordan Addison. It's Addison, not, not Quentin. Yeah, it's, it's Addison. Me too, man. I, I, Quentin for me, and I've said this a lot, and it's an unfortunate reality. he has too many question marks to be his size. He doesn't high point the football at 6'4". His speed is great in the straight line, but when he runs anywhere other than straight line, it slows down. He's not the crispest of route runners. and He could be a freak. He could go run a 4.35 at the combine, and I still don't know if that will translate to what he'll actually have to do on the field on a consistent basis. That's fair. Um, Let's talk tight ends real quick because this – just three weeks ago, I feel like we were talking about tight ends uh-huh. and we said it's mayor, it's Washington. And then I don't know. There are a lot of people in on Musgrave. I feel like more people in on Musgrave, but now Daniel Jeremiah has got five in his top 50. It seems like this tight end class has expanded. What did you see from the senior bowl from any of those guys that uh, stood out to you? I mean, I think when you look at the tight end class, I think what we're seeing is that the guys who we maybe had lower in the past catching lists, actually can catch the football. I think also a lot of these tight ends, and this is no knock on the schools that they went to, they didn't always have great quarterback play. I'm sorry, but like Will Mallory had a great week. 
And you go like, where was all this during the season? Well, go look at his quarterback play at Miami this past year. Who was throwing him the football? So I think a lot of those guys, and Will Mallory for me was the best tight end on senior bowl day. I'm trying to think about some other guys that I was extremely excited about the week of, and none of them are coming to. Uh, How about Payne Durham? Out, How about Payne Durham? Because I was impressed with what I saw mm-hmm. out of Payne Durham. Once again, I think that's a guy who showed that his quarterback play being inconsistent, which O'Donnell was this year, hurt him. Oh, yeah. And I think that when you saw him get the proper reps, and tight end is another position that one-on-ones helps more than hurts. So being able to see him against linebackers in open space really was able to see what he could do. And that helped. That that happened for a lot of guys, I think, this week. So, yeah. Michael Wilson, Jaden Reed. I mean, both those guys had a well below average quarterback play. Right. And and for even for the end, like even guys who didn't produce with good quarterback play showed some flashes. Cameron Latu came into the week as a guy who I thought needed to have a good week to to prove himself because he had Bryce Young, right? So he didn't have that excuse. And even he had a few catches in the senior bowl game that I was like, okay, cool. This is something that I saw from you at Alabama, not consistently, but, you know, enough to draft you in the later rounds. Probably frustrating to see Latu have a good week and catch the ball and know that nobody at Bama was catching the ball this year. Like maybe we should have thrown it to him a little bit more. Yeah, uh, what about the O-line? Uh, because like we said, Avila, the yeah. one, uh, showing out a lot of Osiris Torrance, John, um, Michael, Schmitz. John, yeah, Michael, John Schmitz. Michael Schmitz. So who, uh, who stood out on the O-line? I think Schmitz might've turned himself into a late first rounder. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. There's a you lot know, of teams going to need a center too. Yeah. And, and when you look at that position, center is obviously a position that's kind of aging out right now. All the best centers from like, you know, the last decade are kind of retiring. Alex Mack is gone now. Jason Kelsey looks like he's at the back half of his career too. So even just like a, retired. Yeah. yeah. Like even like a team like the Eagles could look to move and go get another one as a Kelsey replacement. Right. Like and he just was so technically sound. That's what for me did it. It is he has the physical tools. I know he's a little bit lighter, but that's kind of the blueprint that a lot, a lot of centers are going now. They're not these big 330 pounders. They're more like 305, 310, um, able to move in, in various different ways. And he just showed all week. He was just consistent. And yeah. when you're just as consistent as he was, especially with some of the the interior guys that were there this week, he got to see a lot of it. He got to see variations of uh God, I can't pronounce his name, but the kid out of Northwestern, the six one tank of a human being right and then he got to see you know the, the, you know bigger d tackles and he handled both of them so well so yeah i got one for you at the interior because i i agree john michael schmitz i think he goes right now in my ongoing mock i have him going to cincinnati at the back of the first round but uh-huh. how about curtis mcclendon because we saw a chattanooga guy last year come there and cole strange and get picked in the first round and i thought yeah curtis mcclendon was kind of a Osiris Torrance light, it looked like from what I saw. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't agree with more with you. The the you know, obviously the difference with him and, and Torrance is I think that Torrance has just like this almost superhuman strength at times where he even can look like he's losing a rep and he's just like, no, I'm gonna throw this human being away. <laughs> um, so he doesn't have that. But once again, his ability to move his feet was so good that even when getting not when losing the hand battle off the off the snap being able to move into the right place and shield was so good from him all week. And one quick aside about a lot of the guys we saw this week, their ability, what I loved about the senior bowl was they made them play everywhere. They didn't just let them play in their preferred position. One of my favorite guys from the week was Cody Mock because he played everywhere. 
Cody Mock played right guard, center, left guard. He even looked Fiddle. bad at left guard, which is actually his personal, his, you know, his actual position. Um, and I was just like, I love this kid because he's not saying no to anything. He's going to play all the way down that line. This is a Cody Mock stand podcast, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. CK showed me the picture of of the no teeth with the mullet yes. and, and the fiddle. I, I was in then. On my team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about uh, uh, the D line? Um, what did you see there? Because I, I saw, you know, I, guys definitely moved their stock up. I think Andre Carter probably, you know, yeah, plummeted him. <laughs> plummeted. It, him and Chase Brown were probably the two biggest swallers yeah, yeah. Uh, in the process here. But I mean, you know, Keanu Benton, I mean, people could not stop talking about Keanu. Travis Benton. Jones Jr. That's what yeah. he, uh, he has. Th- th- he reminds me so much of him from a size profile and the way he uses his hands. Yeah. Yeah. What about Who Carl else? Brooks? What about Carl Brooks? Can we talk Carl Brooks? Because he is the one that I saw the scouting combine list came out today. It was like 300 players and he didn't get in, which I thought was surprising because I liked what I saw to Carl Brooks at Bowling Green. And then I thought he looked great in the senior bowl stuff. Didn't he have and a I sack? Think, yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. And I, and I feel like I don't know if people really paid enough attention to him all week because there were so many others. I mean, you talk about Will McDonald had an amazing week this week, um, you know, off the edge and things like that. And we always, you just mentioned County Ben. I think he was a guy who kind of like got lost in the shuffle. I feel like when you're at that D lineman position, you either splash like the first two days or you splash in the game. But if you're just a consistent performer, you kind of get left in the shuffle um, because everybody's looking for like, who's that guy who's going to be able to get me four and a half to six and a half sacks next season as a rookie. It's like, well, if he can give me two and a half and, you know, 10 TFLs, I'm cool with that, too, to be perfectly honest with you. What about a guy that's splashing the game? And that's how uh, Lonnie Phelps out of Kansas, because yes, that was one I did not that, expect. But he was yeah. ripping off the edge, man. He looks so he, good. He was a monster. He gave me a lot of Jermaine Johnson feel, which is freak athlete. There we go. Like, he's just, 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 just athlete out off the edge. And I don't care how many times a person tells me, oh, an athlete doesn't work at DN. Yes, they do. We can put them, we can find a way to make this kid work, whether it's in a three, four, I'm going to put him an outside linebacker or whether it's in a four, three, I'm going to have him stand up. So even if they're just a pass rushing specialist, yeah. like that still plays that's yeah. still a rotational spot in the NFL. And his burst off the edge was just excellent. Like he left, he left tackles in the dust more times than not. How about, so I know that Boggs is a big fan. How about Isaiah land? Bit small school Florida A and M guy, pretty undersized, but he, he was had a, so, fast. so fast. He had a TFL, yeah. did he not? He had a yeah, TFL. Oh, yeah, he I, it might bag. have been a sack. He had a sack uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I have it in my yeah. Uh, I mean, he <laughs> yeah. he spun around that tackle too, and was so fast. He's one of the, but like he's one of the, like you, like you said, he's going to be one of those guys who is going to go to a team that understands they can work with size, any size. And it's unfortunate that he is a little bit smaller, but those guys work in this league. How many times do we have to see another, you know, 5'11", six-foot guy finish with 10 sacks and we're like, oh, it works. Like, yeah, <laughs> if you can get to the quarterback, who cares what the size is? Um, so, yeah, I think small school, smaller player physically, but could be pr- extremely productive if he goes to a team that understands how to use that. You mentioned Andre Carter as a down guy. I got one more down guy. What Did you did you see Isaiah Foskey at all? Oh, ah. Because I think that's a down ah. too, right? <laughs> Okay. okay. No. It, 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 admittedly, I'm a huge. I was a huge Fosky guy coming into the Senior Bowl. I was way out because his size and what looks like his burst on tape. If he could match that with his hands, then I thought he could get himself to the first round. Mm-hmm. But you realize he has no hands. 
He just his hands don't fire like they're supposed to. He has very little combination in what he's he no plan. He's no pass no. rush plan. That's what I would. That's what I've had. A, I have not been in the Posky guy, so I want to feel good about myself now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, funny enough, I think he's like when I looked at him, I, I, I thought when I, after the week was over, I was like, man, you really remind me of Vic Beasley in all the wrong ways. Like I just <laughs> like you are somebody who's just going to put your head down and that tackle is going to push you away from the quarterback. You're going to look up and be like, well, I guess that counts as a pressure. But the guy is running 15 yards the other way. Like, good job. So, yeah. We have extra hate from uh, about Vic Beasley from the Falcons fan here. Uh, not a shock there. What about uh, your position, cornerback uh, here? First of all, how do you see the top of, of this class? Because oh, I feel man. like I've seen six to seven different yeah. corners be the first corner off uh, the board. A lot of people settling on Christian Gonzalez as the number one, it seems like. Well, how do you have the top of that board? And who impressed you this week? So my board is, a is I'll say this. This draft, I think, has the most versatility of the cornerback room that we've seen in a long time. I think you can get different schemed corners in this draft. The most complete dra- corner in this draft, I don't care who says otherwise, is Devon Witherspoon. Yeah. He is the most complete corner in this draft. Not, not a question in my mind. And my only thing for him that I want to see is him run well at the combine. If he's a 4-4 guy, book it, number one corner in the draft. If, he, if he's a 4-5-6 guy, then we can have some conversations. But not only does he like to come up in, in the run and make hits, but he's also extremely good at, at, at in phase. And for people who don't know what in phase is, when the ball's in the air. He eyes around, doesn't panic like Keely Ringo. You know, is a guy who doesn't lose his feet and where his positioning is, like Joey Porter often does on tape. He doesn't have to keep the ball in front of him. He can play you in phase and, you know, understands how to use the, the sideline as an extra defender extremely well. And when the ball's in the air, it's his. He plays like a receiver more times than not when the ball's in the air. And that's extremely impressive from a guy that I think wasn't on my wasn't in my top four before this process started, but the more tape I watched, I was just like, this kid just continues to ball out every time. Now, don't get me wrong. The reason why Christian Gonzalez is number one on everybody's board is because he's 6'2", and because he's probably one of the more fluid corners I've seen, like, in general. He flips his hips. He's smooth. Like, he's like if he if he does the combine and does that uh, hip flip drill, he'd probably be the best one out there. He, they're going to be like, all right, yeah, this is Texas. Way better yeah. than DK Metcalf at it. We know that. <laughs> yeah, I got that. It's like I have like a tier of that Joey Porter, Christian Gonzalez, Devin, Devin Witherspoon. Those are like the top three for me. That's a tier. And then it drops off. And you mentioned Keely Ringo, who it just is all a lot of projection because I don't always see him being actually a great corner. I see him as like he looks like a great corner and there's he's things he does. Yeah. yeah, he's a really good athlete. Exactly right. What about Darius yeah. Rush? Because I was really impressed with Darius Rush at the senior bowl. As we hear all about Cam Smith and I, Cam Smith is really good at South Carolina, but Darius Rush everything you saw and even in the game, like I thought he looked really good too for South Carolina. And, and I think that he's going to be the guy who may be the better corner in the NFL. I'll be honest with you. Over I Cam? Cam yeah. I think Cam Smith is a, and this, it, you need to be this size to play this way. Cam Smith is a lighter version of JC Horn, but you have to be JC Horn's size to play like JC Horn. Like Cam Smith is a, is a physical corner, but he's six foot, a buck 90. You're going to get tossed. Like, you're just not going to be able to win doing that, playing in that style, or you're going to be hurt a ton because you're going to put your head down and try to make a tackle on a, on a running back in the NFL. You're going to end up in the ground. I love Darius Rush. He's bigger, 6'2, 200. 
plays the ball, in my opinion, just as well. Once again, another one of those guys who I want to see how he runs. If he runs really well at the combine, book it. He's going to be a guy who's in that, especially with a run on corner, because I think there's going to be maybe four or five taken in the first round. He's going to be one of those second, second day two guys that you end up talking about, you know, immediately getting him, Emmanuel Forbes, a guy that shined in the Shrine Bowl for me, uh, Julius Brent. I, I, Julius Brent for me is, is. I love Julius Brent. If you can't find His a way for that kid so to get good. on the field, yeah. If you can't find a way for that kid to get on the field, you're doing something wrong. Like, I know everybody's going to compare him to Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen. Everybody. Every comparison That's is just Tariq Woolen. He's such a tall corner, but Tariq Woolen, the difference is he is like a bottle of speed. He just runs. Like Tariq Woolen, didn't he run like a 4 3 3 at the tall. combine? He's- yeah, he's like an he's like a top five percentile athlete yeah. in the entire world. Like Julius Brents isn't going to wow you with that. However, if you run a zone scheme and allow Julius Brents to sit in front of the ball it's and just watch the play develop in front of him, he's gonna walk away with like two to three picks in his first year because people are going to attempt to throw it at a six four corner and they're gonna be like, Oh we f-ed up. <laughs> so yeah, like I love this corner class a lot. A couple of names that people aren't even talking about. Deontay Banks out of Maryland. I think he's going to be a guy who has to have a really good combine, but I think can. And if he's picked in day two, you're going to be talking about like, oh, wow. The, the you know, the Carolina Panthers really did well with drafting him seven games into the season because you forgot about him. So this class for me is ridiculous. And quick aside, if whatever Keely Ringo was doing with Richard Sherman ends up working, he's going to be the best corner in this class. I'm saying it right now. Oh, yeah. If whatever he's doing with Richard Sherman, if he can teach him how to actually cover, he's a built like he's built like a linebacker. The upside is immense for Keely Ringo, yeah. but the downside is it's also there where he plays safety, right? Like that's what also could yes. happen is he's a safety. Yes. Yeah, Sherman yeah. had the brain. He always had the brain. Yeah. So that that's a you and know big Stanford. Fi- yeah. If he can get Keely to focus up here and get better at his technique. He's got the physical tools to be the best corner in this class. Yeah. What about uh, another guy that that I saw a lot of people hyping up with Tyreeky Stevenson out of Miami? Uh, what do you see out of him? Well, he's a Kirby corner and he plays like one, right? He was at Georgia for two for for two years. He went to Miami and, and used those skills there. Obviously, being under some good DCs there as well, or a good technically sound DBs as well, and he plays like it. Extremely physical at the point of at the point of attack. When the ball is snapped, he's putting his hands on you. And if you are not physical enough, he's gonna put you in the dirt every single time. The thing about Tyreek Stevenson is that has to be better is when he plays speed, he cannot lose at the line of scrimmage. And that's something that I'm a little bit worried about because sometimes he overextends himself trying to get the press off because he understands that he doesn't have the speed for it. But perfect example when Miami played Bama a couple of years ago. He struggled mightily trying to stay in front of guys like Jamison Williams, which obviously, but also John Mechie was able to win on him a lot because he was able to use his, you know, his aggressiveness against him. If he can get that figured out and if a DB coach in the NFL can just be like, hey, you can be just as aggressive and win every time or win 60% of the time, then he'll be excellent for a team as well. Can we move to safety? How about, can we talk about my guy, Jamie Robinson? Where are we at? Where are we at? Tell me that oh, you like him, Xavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a day two guy, bona fide. Now, I, I think that the safety class is going to fall on deaf ears a lot because the corner class is so good. But that's a kid right there that I love. And as a Falcons fan, we need safety. So, I mean, we just got Nielsen. We, he's talking about playing a three-safety system at times. 
the more safeties, the merrier. And I think he's a guy we could check off our list if, if we really are looking for a guy in that round, th- round two or, or excuse me, round three right there. Like I love what he was able to do over the week. So, yeah, I agree. I got deeper needs in safety uh, for the Falcons, but <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll get there in a little bit because we are going to be talking about the NFC South uh, later. Uh, you know, and that, not not with you. You can listen back to that part uh, when I rip apart your Falcons here. Thanks, uh, but thanks, but dude. but they they do need a lot. What about the rest of the safeties in this class, Javier? Because it's like Brian Branch at the top. That's like our one okay. first round safety. And I mean, if we don't start getting everybody locked in on their mocks to putting him in, in green Bay. Uh, CK is going to be very upset. That's his guy <laughs> right there. They could sign someone. They could sign someone and have a different need, but I mean, it's branch. And then the, the second tier seems to be like Smith, Antonio Johnson, Jordan battle. A lot of people like mm-hmm. Skinner. Is there any other safety? Obviously Robinson climbed up uh, boards in this process. Are there any other safeties that stand out to you that you think could be a diamond in the rough? Because this looks like a pretty weak class here. I think people need to go back and look at Antonio Johnson. I think people need to go back and look at what he was able to do, not just this year, but last year. I think last year, I think last year, people, I think this year in particular, Texas A&M's defense did not hold it all together, as we clearly saw. You know, they were able to, to do it for about six weeks and they kind of fell off of a cliff. I think if you go back and look at him a year ago when the defense had more of a identity and you had just an inkling of better pass rush, just an inkling, he made plays everywhere. And he has a size profile that makes me think he can walk down to. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker of a corner. Uh, yes, he's only about six foot six one, but he's closer to 220 than he is to 205. And I think he has the ability that if you're not a, you know, a team that necessarily needs just a cover corner, or a cover safety, and you kind of want to see where he could play in both ranges, I think he can walk down a little bit. Uh, I think he showed an excellent ability to do that a year ago, not this past year, but the, the year prior, to be able to walk down and make plays within the box as well. I don't want to jump on Xavier too much here, but I agree with Antonio Johnson, but I do think there was, if we talk about Chase Brown having a bad week, I think Chase Brown's twin. I think Sidney Brown had a pretty good week. I, yeah. I kind of liked what I saw out of Sidney Brown too here. So I'll move, I would move Sidney Brown also up into that day two second tier range up there. I would, and I would not disagree with you at all. At the end of the day, somebody's gonna have to fall in love with a safety somewhere. Like mm-hmm. I get that Branch is the is the the crown and the jewel, and as I can see from UCK, you want to pet you want him in with for the Packers. We'll see what happens with Rodgers. I have more pressing needs for you guys than <laughs> safety at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but um, I do think that somebody's gonna have to fall in love with a safety, and I think once you get past Branch you do have like a tier two of about four to six guys that you can genuinely look at and go, all of them could play in the NFL tomorrow or all of them could genuinely be a guy that we have to work into our system over the, over, you know, the first three or four weeks of the season. So it's going to be about whoever they feel is most NFL ready out of that, that, that second tier behind branch, in my opinion. All right, Xavier, did we miss anyone or did we cover everybody you wanted to talk about? Hmm. Talked about Torrance. We talked about mock. We talked about Schmitz who I think, yep, the first rounder. Um, yeah, I think we got everybody. I, I I will say this about the receiver class before I go. I think this receiver class will play a lot better on the field than their names will go in the draft. I think we might have two go in the first round, and then we'll see a run somewhere in the second or third. But I think we have an extremely productive receiver class. I'll say that much, right? You've got your guy like names that I'm not hearing as much as I feel like I should are guys like Josh Downs. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's because 
Yes, we have a maybe a not as dynamic receiving class as maybe we had last year, obviously, right? You have Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and company, but you still have a ton of just productive guys. Even I mean, if you Jackson the, Smith and Jigba is yeah, still there. I've I've the, seen. Uh, I mean, Booty was was getting yes, first round right. comps. Flowers. Rasheed Rice didn't they, have a very good yes. week. Rasheed Rice had a rough week. I thought that was Jalen Hyatt. Was Jaylen there, there's Hyatt a lot of Jalen Hyatt love recently as yeah. well. So I'm and with you. Said, I think it, you squint and you could see it looks bad, but I think if you squint harder, it looks pretty good. And so. he said he's looking to run a four two nine at the combine, like that, mm. like you know, right? And even if we start getting into the fifth and sixth round with a guy like Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State, once again, extremely productive. And, and I'm a huge proponent of, of receivers, and I've said this before, who are productive with crappy quarterback play. If you yeah. can catch balls and you can score touchdowns when you're the Parker Washington. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all have yeah. one that we can name, right? We all got yep. plenty of quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, if you can be productive and you can give me, you know, seven, 800 yards plus with a quarterback who's going to be selling, you know, used cars at Enterprise – Come on, like <laughs> I'll bring you in the camp and show me what you can do. Get used to that. We'll pick you up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh lordy! All right, Xavier at Xavier underscore Trish T R I C H E. Please remind everyone uh, what all you're doing right now. What shows they can find you on and all that good stuff. Yeah, so obviously you can find me on the beautiful show that is CFB Winning Edge with Scott and Nicholas Eli, uh, Nicholas Nicholas E. Now, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you know I'm I'm going to be doing as much draft content as we get to closer to the wars to draft. I'm a huge combine guy, so you can hear me in several different spaces, mostly Falcon spaces. But in those spaces, I try to talk about the full gambit uh, of players coming out. Um, and uh, I might not be in the Eastern Time Zone in the next couple of uh, in the next couple of weeks here, Scott. Yeah, we haven't talked in a while. Interesting, uh, but. I, I might be in either the states of Minnesota or Utah in the ne- in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, definitely going from the 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 warm comfort of you know southern home cooking to the cold 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 of Minnesota or Utah. So yeah, <laughs> well, good luck. Uh, we will obviously uh, keep in touch, and we yeah, want to know what's going on there. But thanks for uh, coming on the show and giving us a little bit of senior bowl luck. Appreciate yeah, that. thank you guys so much for having me. All right, thank you again uh, to Xavier for coming on and uh, talking about the Senior Bowl a little bit. We are going to go over team needs now, and we are going to do the NFC South, which all of these teams need a lot of stuff. So uh, one of the worst divisions in football. Last year, you have the GOAT leaving this division, um, meaning I don't know that we can for sure say who is going to be the quarterback of any of these teams right now. So uh, let's just start off with Atlanta and go through there uh, by position. Uh, the start out quarterback is Ritter the guy, CK. Uh, are we giving him the full shot or are we bringing in someone for competition? Are we trying to draft someone? Because it's pick 1.8. You have a chance to move up. They got two fours. They have their second and third, which are both very high picks as well. Um, they have a chance to move up and get someone they like potentially. Is there a guy in this class that you would move up and trade potentially this first round pick and maybe next year's first round pick for, or do you think if I'm the Falcons, I don't think they solve it this season. So let's just wait for next year and see what that QB class is like. Yeah. It's such a, it's obviously this division is there for the taking, right? We just went over that. Desmond Ritter, I believe, has the most passes of any player that's under contract in this division, and that's in four starts. Not 
okay, if you count Mariota, that's different, right? But we both expect he's going to get cut and save them some money. And that the I think Saints, Winston's still under contract. Say, and the too. Saints don't yeah. want Jameis, right? The Saints clearly right. don't want Jameis. Yeah. So of the players that might actually play, Desmond Ritter has 115 <laughs> passes, and that's the most of anybody. But I don't think that you just... I liked Desmond Ritter coming out. I did, but I don't think that I liked Desmond Ritter enough to say that Desmond Ritter is going to, and he didn't show me enough in four games to say that he's going to be the quarterback. That's going to get my team to the playoffs someday. So if CJ Stroud started to drop, right. Or even will Levis, if, if they're there at five, do you move and say, okay, here's, you can have our seventh round pick and take the third rounder. And we really like will Levis. And then we have two guys and maybe one of them sticks. Now they also have a ton of cap space, and this is the team that gets bandied about the most with Lamar. Like, yeah, you you got to consider that the way that they want to run their offense. If he hits free agency, you have to consider something like that. Absolutely. I mean, I think it would be more of a you know sign and trade type sure. of a deal. Uh, you know, but we'll see what happens. But they 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 I think you have to at least bring in a veteran. Like maybe if you get rid of Trubisky, and you uh, or you get rid of Mariota, and you bring in Trubisky. You know, because he's going to be gone from sure. Pittsburgh, he, you know, did not like the way things ended, uh, which I can't blame him, but obviously he's not the answer. Uh, running back, they're good. Algerian Patterson had a nice one-two punch as long as Patterson doesn't retire because he is a little long in the tooth, but he doesn't have miles on his body like some other guys did because he all he was doing was returning kicks for, um, you know, the Vikings for a, a while and then playing a little bit for the Bears, and he hasn't had extensive use until getting to Atlanta, so I think he'll be fine. Uh, wide receiver is a huge issue for this team because you obviously have Drake London. They traded Calvin Ridley in the off season and they don't have anyone else that I would consider an NFL wide receiver. I think probably just because of the cap space, you try to go after some guys, but maybe re-sign Zachy. It's just because he has familiarity with the system and they got to draft somebody. I think, Zacchaeus is a three, right? Like he's a fine yes. three that's always been out of position playing the two for them. And I think you like him more as a four, but you're even, okay yeah. with him as a three. You sure. Know? And so they need an option that can help take some pressure off Frank or Drake London. And then Zacchaeus, it's the slot option or your third receiver, or however it's going to work. But yes, whether that's that could be a draftable option, right? You stay pay, stay put at eight, add offensive line, add a quarterback, whatever. And then second round, we were just talking about was Xavier. We like the receivers later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just something. I, it's not their biggest need. We'll get to their biggest need in a minute, but uh, it's not. But it is high on the list. Uh, tight end. I think they're good. I think Pitts obviously coming back off his injury and you got to re-sign uh, Pruitt because he fit. I think he graded out as like the fifth best tight end, uh, uh, according to PFF, just because he fits. He's mainly a blocking guy. And, you know, they pay him off. They throw him, uh, you know, red zone looks and end zone looks. So um, I think they got to re-sign Pruitt. On the offensive line, it graded surprisingly well. Uh, you mentioned this before. They do need to re-sign Caleb McGarry. They probably need another guy, a guard or re-sign uh, Wilkinson. And then Jalen Mayfield, what are you doing with that guy? Because he's coming off this back injury, and he has been a pancake uh, ever say, since entering been, the NFL. He's been terrible, right? I think he kept yeah. dropping. He was the He's still really young because that was a big part of when he did come out of Michigan. He was only like 20 at the time. He's still really young, but you cannot trust Jalen Mayfield as a full-time starter with what he we've seen out of him in the first three years. So I think you have to re-sign Caleb McGarry with your cap space and then do something still to improve this line, especially as a team that wants to run the ball all the time. Absolutely. Uh, moving over to the defensive side, the interior of the defensive line is good. You get Grady Jarrett uh, and, and Ta uh, Taquan Graham 
a good one-two punch, but they need depth there. So depth, not starters, but depth. Edge, this is the worst edge rotation in the league. Uh, it is awful, and it's by a wide margin that it's the worst. They got to get somebody in here. Um, I mean, D'Angelo Malone may get more snaps, but this is the biggest need uh, on it this feels team like, by a lot. Sorry, box. It feels like they've been like the worst edge team in the league for a long time too. It is not yeah. like it feels like this has been a problem for a substantial portion of time, and they just never fix it. You you heard the bitterness uh, from uh, Xavier talking about Vic Beasley, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, all those guys. They've tried to bring in veterans. They've tried to draft guys. Nothing has worked. They just you got to get a blue chipper in there. So if you stick at eight and you're not taking a quarterback, you got to get an end. Uh, try to move up to get Will Anderson to do something. I mean, you got to get someone in there that is a for sure, surefire first round pick that's going to be a future pro bowler. You can't F around with that. It is too bad there. Uh, linebacker, uh, Michael Walker and Troy Anderson are probably going to be there, guys, but they need to bring in at least a veteran presence. You know, one of those old dudes uh, that, that can make a tackle, even if they're the guys that are getting tackles, you know, seven, eight yards downfield, whatever. At least they're filling a need. So I uh, need some depth there. Uh, corner, uh, Isaiah Oliver is the only good corner on this team. I'd even go out and say he's a great corner, but he is unrestricted free agent. He is gone. So maybe they, they might franchise him. They got the money. So uh, it, the rest of what I, they have is a lot of like throw it at the wall and see what sticks. They're They're all perfectly average, I would describe it as. Yeah, they all graded out terribly in the hundreds. Really? Out of yeah, really? out of like um, you know, a hundred and whatever. Uh, let me just pull it up here. Uh, go over to. I kind of liked what I, I. I think I thought Casey Hayward played okay in the games I saw. No, I did not watch every. And yeah. AJ Terrell, they have put such an investment in him that I think he'll be okay. Yeah, think. you know what? It's actually better than I thought. Uh, Darren Hall, even though he didn't play that much, was fifty three out of one eighteen. Casey Hayward was fifty six out of one eighteen. Terrell was uh, sixty two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 87 for John Reed. And then you have, like you said, a lot of, you know, Rashad Fenton was in there. I mean, oof, Fenton was ugly. If, uh, Fenton's been ugly for a while. Uh, safety, you know, I know Xavier listed it as a need. I think they're going to stick with Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins, uh, but they definitely could use an upgrade. Neither one of those guys, uh, graded out very well either. Uh, but something they need. Uh, for sure. And then they need a punter and a long snapper because they're both UFAs. So in order, and like I said, they have a couple extra picks. They don't have a fifth, but they have two fourths. They got one in the deal uh, from Julio uh, to Tennessee. So they have Tennessee's fourth round pick still, and they have a couple extra sevens, uh, but they traded a fifth. So quarterback, obviously, number one, uh, every single one of these teams is going to be quarterback. So uh, because they all need one. Uh, and so that's number one. I got edge too. And it's, I think of any unit in the NFL that needs an upgrade, Atlanta's edge unit is number one in the league. So, um, you know, there's some, there's some bad offensive lines in the league too, but edge Atlanta has to have, it. you got to put pressure because it doesn't matter. You could have four pro bowlers. That's corners, at corner. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. But if you put no pressure on the quarterback, they they will make you pay. Um, two wide receivers. One of them can be Zacchaeus. I don't care, but you got to get two uh, because Zacchaeus is a free agent. Corner after that, for me, uh, they got to fix that guard spot or resign Wilkinson, linebacker safety, and then long snapper and punter. So um, it's going to be more than a year, but this is the second most cap space in the NFL, 56.4 million plus. Add topple 10 on top of that after they cut Mariota, right? Mm -hmm. So... 
uh, and whatever else finagling they do uh, to get some more wiggle room. I think this team's probably going to sign two or three big free agents uh, to bring in, you know, spattered across different spots and then go with some cheap free agents and the draft. But it's going to take more than a year to fix. But like you said, not for long. That's what the NFL stands for. Not for long. And, uh, you know, you could be at the bottom and be at the top in one year. We've seen that many times. So uh, this could be a quicker fix than expected for Atlanta, but I don't expect it to be uh, a quick one. I have um, at pick eight. Sorry, I don't mean at oh, pick eight for the Falcons. I have them taking Pete Skaronsky. So just fixing some of that old line. I know it's not edge. And then the second round now, I have actually three rounds done here. I have them taking Ooh. Josh Downs and three in the round three. I have Gerben Dexter. So receiver, uh, offensive line and defensive line in there. So that's it's what we got to get. That's right, we, man. We got to fix them up. Uh, let's go over to Carolina. Uh, they're actually $8 million over the cap right now somehow. How is I mean, that possible? I don't know. There's no one on this roster. So I don't understand how. I'm sure there's some finagling to do and guys coming off the books and all that stuff. But uh, I, I don't know how they're $8 million over. They don't have anybody. Um, you got to get better at quarterback, obviously, is uh, first things first here. I mean, um, Sam Darnold's a free agent. He graded 31 to 39. The guys on the roster right now are Matt Corral, who didn't play, who was a rookie last year and didn't play because he broke his ankle, and Jacob Eason. So, ugh. I, so I can totally see them bringing back Matt or Sam Darnold on a cheaper, like two-year, ten million dollar deal as your bridge quarterback. If you go young, if you go old, that's that's completely different. But I think I think that this team is more likely to try to go young. They're gonna they're picking at pick nine. We already compared Anthony Richardson to Cam a million times. I could totally see it happening that they take Anthony Richardson there. But then Sam Darnold bridges it for a year because we both said we don't want to play Anthony Richardson right away. Yeah, and my number one and number two needs are starter and backup quarterback because you cannot go in with Matt Corral because this is a new system for him too. You know, there's a new Frank coaching Reich. staff here with Frank Reich. So who's to say that Frank Reich even wants Matt Corral? So, uh, you know, this is this was the whole thing of, I just, it never made any sense to me. Why do you bring Matt rule back when you know you made him fire all of his assistants? Like all of a sudden it's going to work. Nope. It was just a dumb move, but uh, running back Foreman is a, a, a free agent. Hubbard is good, but he's not a 20 plus carry guy. So I, I think probably just resign Foreman, give him some money. He did pretty well at the end, replacing CMC. Um, you know, this is, you don't want to be spending these draft picks when you have so many other needs on a running back. So I do I have a question for you money. though. I do have a question for you though. When you talk about not spending these draft picks, how about Bijan to replace CMC at pick nine? They have too many other needs. That's uh, what it comes I, down to. I love it. Uh, I, I think it'd be great, but I just, how I would rather trade. I would rather find a quarterback. I love and trade this nine in next year's one to get a quarterback. Like if, if you look at evaluate Will Levis and you think he's great, or if it's Richardson and you need to move up cause he's the last one on the board. Um, I just, they're, they're not in the position to do it. I don't think I I've seen mocks with that. Have and you? I, I, I would love that for fantasy because they're going to hand the ball to him 20 times and throw it to him 10 every single game. If he goes to Carolina, but it's just like CMC, you know, it's the same exact thing. So I just don't think they're in that spot. Uh, to do it quite yet. Uh, wide receiver, DJ Moore is good, uh, but they have way bigger needs on this list than wide out, so they're okay. Uh, they still have, um, 
on the roster. DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, and Shai Smith. LaVisca still on the roster. I like Preston Williams coming out of Colorado State, who they signed to, I believe, a futures deal. So uh, there's some players there. Uh, they do need someone behind Moore, but they have bigger pressing needs. Um, the tight end is one of them. Uh, Thomas and Tremble ain't it. I like Tremble. I thought maybe uh, he was going to be a guy that uh, could do something. Maybe it was just the way Matt Rule used him. I'm not sure, but it seems very gimmicky at this point. So he's gone. Ian Thomas can't block. He's only he's a pass-catching tight end. So I don't know, man. I, I think tight end is a pretty big need for them. Um, O-line o- is pretty set. So they could use some depth, but O-line is pretty set. Um, they need another defensive tackle next to Derek Brown. Derek Brown's one of the best in the business. He's uh awesome interior guy. I believe he ranked two uh, among interior defensive linemen uh, last season on PFF. I will double check that. He was uh, seven of 127 is what it was. So a top 10 interior guy, but they got nothing next to him. Matt Ioannidis is a, was their guy, and he's an unrestricted free agent, and you're 8 million over. So um, they, they got to figure this out. I think that uh, could be somewhere they go in the draft. Um, defensive end, Brian Burns is great, but they need someone on the other side. They had him, but they let him go, and the Eagles picked him up, and Hassan Reddick. So, um, you know. They're going to extend Brian Burns, right? They, they're going to try and extend Brian because he's a free agent after this year, but I think they're going to try to extend him and probably make him the highest paid defense, one of the highest paid edges in the league, the way he's played. You got to do it. I mean, I think they may wait till uh, they may franchise him because they had this cap issue or whatever it is. I mean, this could be something, you know, we're not capologists. This could be an easy fix and we don't know. But right now, according to the numbers, 8 million over, you can't extend them yet. And if I'm Brian Burns, get the hell out of Carolina. That's what I want. So, um, but if they're going to make me the highest paid lineman in the league, maybe Carolina's looking a little nicer. So, uh, not real sure. And, you know, Frank Reich could come in and change the entire culture. So uh, we'll see. A linebacker, Luvu and Thompson are great. They have these in depth, so I think they're okay there. Although Shaq Tom- cutting Shaq Thompson would save them a big chunk of money. I think he's the guy that uh, is at the top of their list in terms of if you cut him, you save the most. I think it's like $10 bucks. So that could end up happening as well. Corner, uh, J.C. Horn is good but no one else is good. So they need a boundary. They need a slot guy. That's a big need for them as well. Um, safety is probably the one spot where I'd say safety and O-line are the two spots where I go, all right, the Panthers are good here. Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods, good options. Um, offensive line, solid. Everything else, giant big old fat question mark. So uh, kind of we'll like a see. stars and scrubs approach with DJ Moore, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and JC Horn, right? Everybody else is just like a scrub. And that's where we yeah, got to. It, Easy for the Madden people to put stars on those guys and then walk away from this team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Um, They have uh, ninth overall. They still have their second, third, and fourth, and fifth. They don't have a sixth, and they have Buffalo seventh. Uh, So team needs in order. For me, starting in back of quarterback. One and two, got to have it. Uh, Defensive tackle, somebody next to Derek Brown. If Derek Brown is going to be one of the best in the business, stack that lineup. Uh, you know, and, and make it easier for Brian Burns and whoever. So you're working from your strengths, right? Uh, then uh, Edge, obviously, you want someone else. Um, I think we're done with Etor Gross Matos. Uh, I, th- I think we could have been done with that uh, when he was drafted, apparently. So just did not work. He had opportunity, never could make it happen. A tight end, boundary corner, 
uh, wide receiver and then slot corner is what I have uh, for the needs. So lots of needs for the Panthers as well. Another team that, you know, Frank Reich could pull this in and make it pretty solid. So uh, don't know that it's all going to be, you know, what do they say? Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, but, uh, you know, maybe St. Louis was, uh, maybe Charlotte was. So uh, we'll see. What about, so you were talking about Yetter Gross Matos. Now we're going about where are we at with CJ Henderson? What happened there? Because he was drafted by Jacksonville, traded mm-hmm. to Carolina. They were hoping to get the redemption project, and it is it has been so bad. Were you a CJ Henderson guy or no? Uh, I was coming out of Florida. He seemed like a guy with a lot of speed, but uh, this, you know what? I, I got Atlanta and Carolina mixed up. So JC Horn, 29 out of 118. He's good. Uh, yeah. Dante Jackson, 101. Keith Taylor, 104. CJ Henderson, 106. So yeah. rough. It is rough in the streets in Carolina, but you look, I, I even, even with it being rough, you add to Brian Burns and Derek Brown on the line and they don't have to be that good. So, you know, uh, start there. This is why they say build from the inside out. You start there. If you can get the fundamentals down, everything else. uh, He's got a new defensive coordinator to do that with a big one too. And Everett came over. So Frank Reich and Everett, those are some, Compared to the they, Matt Rule he signing, he kept Denver in those games yeah. Yeah. Uh, all year with the the worst scoring offense in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, get that guy some weapons. You're a hundred percent right there. So, uh, excited about that. Going over to the Saints. I mean, you want to talk about cap issues? Sixty million over right now. Um, I know they don't want Jameis. They said that last year by putting Andy Dalton in over him the entire season. He's the last guy, no one else, and they can't go sign anyone. So I know that Derek Carr has uh, been talking to them. I think that Taysom Hill would have to go back in a deal uh, to make it work with the cap and how uh, screwy that is and all that stuff. So um, I guess there's a possibility for Derek Carr to go there, but I just don't know how they get it done with this cap issue. I was because when we were going to talk to the NFC South, I was reading something about Derek Carr going to the Saints, and it was like, how can this work? And it was like 17 things of restructures and cuts to get under the cap to make Derek Carr fit there. And you're like, okay, but this is insane at some point. Yeah, and I was looking at it, and it was like, uh, you know, you think, okay, we'll just cut some of the big contracts, but the way they have... They're all so backloaded already. Yes, the way they have some of these contracts done is that you actually don't save any money against the cap. You lose money. Marshawn Lattimore um, is, uh, if you cut him, $43 million in dead, and you lose out on 20 Ryan Ramchek, you lose out on 18 9.6 for Taysom, 12 for Michael Thomas. You know, 5.7 for Tyran Matthew, 11 for Chris Olave. Like, you just keep looking at the big contracts that they have, and you go, who can they cut? Troutman would save them $2 million. That's throwing a bullet at a BB train, or a BB at a uh, bullet train here. Uh, $2 million for Cam Jordan, which you're going to cut one of your all-time best franchise players. Uh, 4.4 for uh, Jameis. And you cut him at 4.4, and you're burning 11 mil. That's 11 million dead cap right there. Uh, so it is just, they, they're, they're in cap hell. And we say that the cap is a joke. And it is. But if you screw around with it, you can't get caught. And that is exactly what has happened in the same. This is when you kick the can so far down the road that eventually you hit the wall. And that's where yeah. they're at. Like you eventually, it does. We can talk about it being fake and it, and it is, but 
but eventually it does have to get resolved. And the Saints are getting to a point. They've done it for a few years where I thought eventually this is going to hit, but they have a roster that's pretty thin and that's why. And it's hard to hard to see them actually pulling off Derek Carr. But like you said, not capologists, maybe they can pull it off. Yeah, yeah, may, maybe they can figure it out. At running back, they're okay, but Kamara's going to be suspended, so I don't know what you do while he's gone uh, because uh, I guess it's Eno. So uh, we'll see because you're not bringing anyone in and you're not drafting anyone. We know that. Uh, wide receiver, they're good, obviously. Olave, Michael Thomas, because of the contract, should be back or traded. Uh, you know, so they're sitting pretty good. Olave, Shahid, Michael Thomas, or the ghost of Michael Thomas or whatever. I think they'll be okay there. Uh, tight end. Uh, they're going to go with the same group. It's going to be Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson, and, uh, Adam Troutman, unless they cut Troutman, but basically the same group there. The O line, the tackles and centers are set. Uh, guard play was well below average. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know that that's their biggest need, but it is a need. Uh, interior defensive line is their biggest need uh, outside of quarterback because everyone on this team right now is an unrestricted free agents, uh, unrestricted free agent along the defensive line. Uh, the one defensive lineman, the one interior lineman that they have on their roster is Prince Emili, who I've never heard of. So Anyamata, Shai Tuttle, Malcolm Roach, Contavia Street, Albert Huggins, all UFAs all gone so they were all middling so okay but they're all gone you don't have money to sign guys so um very weird stuff going on there uh the defensive ends they're actually uh pretty good davenport's leaving so maybe a little more depth linebacker solid davidson warner they need depth behind them but those are your starters um, corner would be nice to add a vet, but the draft is more likely safety. They're good. And, uh, special teams, they need a punter, but it's just hard to know how they're going to finagle this cap and make it work, uh, to sign some free agents just to bring in bodies and, um, you know, and, uh, go through the draft and everything. So they do have a first round pick. They got a 1.29 through Denver, through someone else. Um, I can't remember who Miami. picked. I think San Francisco. Oh yeah, Francisco. You're right. Through. Yeah, I think it's San Francisco's yeah. pick initially. Because this was all the Trey Lance deal, I believe, uh, to move up. So 1.29 they get for Sean Payton. They have their second, third, fourth, fifth. They got a fifth from Philly for Chauncey Gardner Johnson and seventh. So they don't have a sixth. But uh, for me, in terms of team needs, quarterback, interior, the defensive line corner guard edge and a running back because Kamara is going to get suspended. So, um, you know, and I, do they have a first round pick next year? I don't even know. So I can check. I, here's what I would say about almost any one of these teams is there's almost no position that I wouldn't say they couldn't use something at, which is <laughs> what's weird. Like if you say that they added a, even like an offensive lineman, you'd be like, okay, well, that, that makes sense because they could, you could use some more depth there because they're just such thin rosters compared to what some of the other ones that we've looked at. Yeah, th like this division this year, I believe is going to be why everyone says you shouldn't have division champions. Just give the teams, the seven best teams with the best record. You know, uh, th this is this is going to be a shining example. And we've had this before. Seattle made the playoffs at seven and nine and won. They beat the Saints in that game. That was the Beastquake game and all that stuff. So we've had teams below 500 make the playoffs. So um, were, you, were you able to it's see? Like they, 
they do have a first round pick and then they traded they actually might have two second round picks oh so one of them is dependent on how sean payton and the broncos do apparently ah okay i see but yeah they do they have their first round pick again they did not get rid of this one well, uh, I guess thank God for that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going to be a long year, I, I believe, if you're a Saints fan. Uh, but once again, you can squint and see this team win in the division. They might be the best team in the division right now, uh, but got a lot of needs. Uh, let's go to Tampa Bay. Obviously, the GOAT retired, uh, and they are 55 mil uh, over, but 35 of that would have gone to Tom Brady. So I think this is going to end up being 20 million over, which – much, you know, not great, not a great situation, but much better than uh, the Saints with their 60 mil over. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, Trask is the only quarterback left on the roster uh, after Brady retired, and they don't pick till 119. So, and they don't have money to spend. So uh, I don't know how we're, I, this is like a Jimmy G spot. I, I think everyone and their mother is putting Jimmy G to Tampa. I, I don't even know if that, I, I think Jimmy G gets paid more than what we think he's going to get paid. I, this is like I'm my like, Jacoby Brissett one. I I'm like ooh. Jacoby Brissett and tried. We're not going with Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has, I think nine career attempts. You are not going to just turn this over to Kyle Trask. Especially I don't hate Kyle Trask. Now look, we haven't seen him in a couple of years. Obviously huh. the thing that I liked about Kyle Trask when he was coming out was that he got better every year. He was garbage his first year at Florida. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is this guy still starting for this team? And by the time he got to the end of his career, he's pretty good. There was a half of that stretch where he was the Heisman winner, uh, his senior year uh, for the Gators. And uh, when he came out, he's a second round pick. Obviously you, you had Brady at that point and he sat behind the goat for the last couple seasons. So I'm not, I'm not saying that he should start or will start at all. I think if you bring in Brissett, Brissett's your guy. I don't think you have a competition with Trask and Brissett, but if you, if you can't afford it, or if you decide not to, you know, you bring in maybe Trubisky. Now that's a QB competition between Trask and Trubisky, but what about if they bring black paint? Blaine Gabbert was the backup most of the year this year. Cause Kyle Trask said as a, he was like a coach's decision or whatever you call it when yeah. they're inactive. So yeah, Kyle I mean, Trask, Blaine Gabbert start a third. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think Gabbert would probably start. Mm-hmm. So, Me too. Uh, you know, if he was there, which is boy, I'd, I'd rather go with Trubisky, uh, honestly, but, uh, we'll see what, I mean, all these teams with their quarterbacks. Um, I think, uh, running back, why does the guy Fournette is likely to get cut now that, uh, Brady's gone and there's no one there to campaign for Fournette. He's probably gone. And I mean, he loves, uh, he loves his saints. So I could see him taking a cheap deal to go to new Orleans on a prove it. Uh, to get paid the following year. So that could be something there. Uh, depth behind Godwin, Evans, and Gage at wideout. Uh, Perriman, Julio, Miller, all under 63 agents, all not likely uh, to be back. They're good at tight end. Um, cutting Donovan Smith would save $9 bucks. They need some competition at the guard spots as well. And Donovan Smith graded out terribly this year. I, I believe he played most of the year um, injured or banged up at least. So. And he graded terribly and he would save 9 million when they're in cap. They're already having cap issues. So likely he's going to be gone. Uh, the interior defensive line, Golston and Hicks are uh, UFAs. 
So they need depth behind Hall and Via. That's what they have. They have Logan Hall and Vita Vea and nothing. So they got to get some depth there. Um, edge, depth behind. I mean, and also maybe not depth behind Joe Tryon, uh, Shoyanka. Maybe uh, someone to start over him because he had high expectations and has been a letdown uh, so far. Shaq Barrett has not been the same guy uh, since coming over to Tampa Bay. So. Andy tore his Achilles tendon in October. So we haven't, I mean, he's yeah. 30 years old coming off of a torn Achilles. Joe Tryon was a, that's not, has not worked out. You're right. You're saying it nicely. It's not been a good see a first right. round pick or early second round pick. And then Carl Nassib is free agent. Yeah. I've, Edge is a rough on this team right now. Yeah, they need it. They need it for sure. Um, linebackers, Levante David is a UFA and Devin White like, played like crap. So, I mean, Devin White has all the skill. Uh, is, you know, he's the scarecrow, uh, right now, if he only had a brain. So, um, I don't know what they're going to do there. That's a bad spot for them too. Cause David is definitely gone. They don't have the money to sign him, uh, back. So, and I, he, he should not take a deal either. Uh, he should go somewhere and Chase find some money. Go yeah. Ring before you're money in Pittsburgh for you. So come on, man. <laughs> um, uh, two best graded CBs were Dean and Murphy Bunning are UFAs. And at safety, Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal, Mike Edwards are UFAs. So there's a lot of needs on this team. You know, you think you see this team and you see this division, you go, okay, well, uh, the Falcons are bad and the Panthers are bad. And the Saints and Bucks could make some noise. But when you squint and look and know that both those teams have cap issues, both those teams have quarterback issues, and they have depth issues at every spot, it seems like this might be the worst division in the history of football. Uh, just in terms of one year and all these teams together, this division looks like garbage. Plenty of time to make it all look better. Obviously, this is, you know, coming off a year where all these teams didn't play that great. The Bucs didn't live up to it. Saints didn't make the playoffs. Panthers fired their head coach, and the Falcons were terrible. So, you know, uh, it looks bad right now. There's plenty of time to make it look better, and maybe I'll change my tune on this division by the time we get there. I don't think I'm going to be singing the praises of the NFC South at any point here, though. No, uh, it looks pretty rough. I don't think you're either. Do we know? Did Tampa Bay has yet to hire an offensive coordinator, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think they've hired anyone. Yet, I do not so. think they've hired. So I don't know what they're waiting for there because that makes a big difference in how they want to actually push this thing forward too. So we're still waiting on that. And yeah, it is a very strange division. Whatever, whenever the odds come out, whatever the lowest team is, take that bet because they could easily win this. There is no team that's a favorite as far as I'm concerned. I think if you're Tampa, do you want to like? Um... Do you want to not sign an OC that maybe Brady hates just in case he comes just back? In case there's in a, couple a small weeks? sliver of hope. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady, who would you like to play for? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, but I mean, if Tom Brady comes back, then they have real cap issues. They're in the same spot as uh, the Saints at mm -hmm. that point. So, although they do have cuts that can be made, unlike the Saints. So, uh, lots going on in the NFC South. But uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode of The War Room at c-o-p-i-e-p-s for c-k c-k what do you got coming up Ooh, you can check me out on the daily five every day where i cover five sports stories about fantasy football and then i said I'm just working on this mock draft man i'm middle of the third round here yeah i mean th those are always fun man uh mm -hmm. it, it's it's gonna be wild how much they change after you know i start looking at mock drafts real hard after free agency um yeah. after free agency is when they become more accurate 
but I love doing it at this point because it's like how you would fix the team. And I like doing that a lot. So I love that exercise. Uh, that that's a lot of fun. See, this is the, this is the point of time where I would more enjoy making the mock. Um, but reading them, I'm like, man, none of this is going to be accurate. So, uh, we'll see, but, uh, I'll have one pretty soon. I'll have one before the combine as well. And, um, we'll be do doing some of that stuff. You can catch me on fantasy pros you catch me on in this league, obviously, uh, CFP winning edge with Xavier and all over the place. Just follow my Twitter at Bogman sports. And that is going to wrap it up for us next week. We will have the full breakdown of the NFL draft. We'll know where every team is picking from and all that good stuff. And we'll be covering the NFC West, which is better than the South, but maybe not by much outside of the Niners. So uh, we will see what's going on there. But uh, that will wrap it up for us. We will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.